It's time for Nicole Sandler. What's news from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Thanksgiving is over and lawmakers return to D.C. for what should be a very busy three-week-long lame duck session to close out the 117th Congress. On the agenda, government funding expires on December 16th. What's still unsettled is whether they'll be able to pass a bipartisan full-year appropriations bill or just kick it down the road with another continuing resolution. The National Defense Authorization Act is also a must-pass, but with the Republicans taking over control of the House in January, many want to delay its passage so they could target policies ranging from vaccine mandates to diversity measures. Pelosi would like to pass it before handing over the gavel. We'll see. But that brings us to Kevin McCarthy's quest for the Speaker's gavel. The race for the Republican leader will come down to a vote on January 3rd. McCarthy will need the support of all but three or four members of his conference. But over the weekend, it seems like a fifth Republican signaled no support for McCarthy. Prepare for a fight. On the Senate side... They're expected to pass the Respect for Marriage Act this week after 12 Republican senators helped Democrats advance the bill, ensuring that same-sex and interracial marriages remain protected nationally. And also, under the time crunch, is the Bipartisan Electoral Count Act overhaul. Many on the Democratic side are trying to attach this bill to the appropriations or the NDAA. Lots of deal-making to get done. Following a devastating holiday weekend filled with even more gun violence, President Biden says his priority is to try to get rid of assault weapons. But Democratic Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut on the Sunday shows said that the Democrats don't have the 60 votes needed to advance an assault weapons ban. Murphy did express optimism that something might get done in the next Congress if Raphael Warnock retains the Senate seat in Georgia, but he said there needs to be a conversation in the Senate about funding law enforcement in counties that are refusing to enforce state and national gun laws. The nation is responding with general disgust over reports about the former guy hosting Kanye West and Nick Fuentes, the latter a Holocaust denier and white supremacist, for dinner at Mar-a-Lago last week. You might recall Kanye West was dropped from a number of his partnership deals after making anti-Semitic remarks last month. The Justice Department has labeled Fuentes as a white supremacist. He's known to be a racist and a Holocaust denier. But Donald Trump defended the dinner. He described Kanye West as, quote, a seriously troubled man who happens to be black. And then, of course, as he tends to do, he claimed he didn't know who Fuentes was prior to the dinner. Our dinner meeting was intended to be Kanye and me only, but he arrived with a guest whom I had never met and knew nothing about. Yeah, the same way he refused to disavow David Duke in 2016 and other white supremacists who supported his campaign by saying, I don't know anything about David Duke, okay? No, not okay. Last week, we saw Dr. Anthony Fauci deliver what will likely be his final White House press briefing. And this weekend, he appeared on a few Sunday shows. Regarding COVID, he said that the nation is in a much better situation than it was last year, but said that the coronavirus pandemic is, quote, certainly not over. Fauci noting that three to 400 people are still dying every day from COVID-19. 
Meanwhile, in China, protests have erupted across the country over the weekend against that government's zero COVID policy and the leaders enforcing it. Residents in China have lived through almost three years of very strict controls that include repeated COVID tests, surveillance of their movement and health status, and ongoing lockdowns. But China's not the only unusual place where protests have taken over. Let's look at Iran, where Iranian Major General Hossein Salami, the commander-in-chief of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, warned people to stop these protests, especially in one province in eastern Iran where the country's military has cracked down particularly hard. He said, we will definitely turn this huge sedition scene into a burial ground for the policies of America, Israel, and its allies. At least 440 people have been killed in clashes with security forces since the protests began after Masha Amini died in police custody. And the protests in Iran have spilled over to the World Cup. Iran on Sunday protesting the U.S. soccer's social media post that showed an altered image of Iran's flag. What they cut out was the emblem of the Islamic Republic. So here's what happened. The U.S. soccer team told CNN on Sunday that it changed the official Iranian flag image for 24 hours, quote, in support for the women in Iran fighting for basic human rights. They said they always planned to put the original flag back up. But Iranian media called for the U.S. to be kicked out of the World Cup for, quote, posting a distorted image of the flag of the Islamic Republic of Iran on its official account, which Iranian media said violated the global soccer governing body's charter. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is 100% listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that Donate button.